0: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. First off, before we get into this video, just want to break down a couple of quick things. Some of you who have been following us on Twitter know that we have officially become partners with the Colts Brawl Network. Now, don't be alarmed, there's nothing that is going to change. Based off of this partnership with Colts Brawl, it is basically just again, just Colts Brawl and bring the juice coming into one thing here just to kind of help each other out, you know, help produce content, throw out ideas, throw different information out there with each other and, you know, help with perks for each other. You know, it's not a thing where anything's going to change from our side, content's still going to be the same. Video topics are still going to be the same. Every single thing that goes on, it's all going to be the same. So no issues there. So don't worry. This is just another great opportunity for us to be able to link up with some other people in Colts Nation, people who have some insights, people who can help us with ideas and you know help with things later on that we could potentially give away, things for like events, things of that nature. So A great thing for all of us here uh, at Bring the Juice Nation. And that leads me into my next point. Just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been so supportive and so helpful with our channel. I mean, 5,600 subscribers. I feel like I haven't said that enough over the last few months, you know, that this has been really awesome that you all are here on this journey with us. You know, Cody and I are just a bunch of guys who are huge fans of the Indianapolis Colts. And as most of you who are on this channel, who are subscribed to this channel, are either giant fans of the Colts yourselves, or are fans of another team, and you just really love sports, aka football. So again, just wanted to say shout out to all of you. Thank you to you, 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 and that other guy, that guy over there. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to all of our episodes. Thank you so much for the constant support. We really appreciate it. But today, you guys see the title of the video. It is my top 20 players of the Colts season from 2020. Now, before we even get into this list, I'm just going to state, for the record, that impact and influence on the season did not have as big a pull in this discussion as it does with stats. Looking more into the statistical standpoint of everything here, there are some influential types in here. I mean, you know, you can't always go without some kind of influence and in how you do these, right? But I think my list is very fair for, you know, statistic wise and influence standpoint. I think that, you know, we can agree on a few things here again, not to be triggered by somebody, you know, forgetting, you know, how this whole list works. Okay. There's, there's plenty of people in here that, you know, you can move up, you can move down, you know, it's an opinion based type of thing, right? There's nobody in here that's going to get the list perfectly right, but Again, every single person on this list deserves praise and just a lot of praise from Colts Nation and what they were able to provide for the Colts this last year and going into this season. So all these guys on these this list are great players that I think should continue to be circled down as a focal point going forward potentially for Indianapolis. And with this list, we're going to start off with number 20, Mo Alley-Cox. Okay, number 20, Moali Cox, because, you know, Moali Cox uh, at the beginning of the season really showed why he deserved to be on this roster in 2020. You know, Cody and I made a bunch of videos in the offseason, you know, wondering, is he actually going to stay on the roster? You know, because there are a lot of times where, you know, we said if he doesn't improve or he doesn't showcase his catching ability, then where's he going to end up on this roster if he even ends up on it and, you know, gave him a couple shots early in the season and Mo Ali Cox really took advantage of them and really helped this offense get moving in the right direction early on. So Mo Ali Cox makes his way on this list. And at number 19, we have Danico Autry, Danico Autry at defensive end slash defensive tackle. You know, this guy showed a lot of flexibility and showed massive improvement from his 2019 season, right? 2019 finished with three and a half sacks, and when in 2018 he finished with nine sacks. So you know a lot of people were thinking, oh, you know Denico Autry was going to take that rise up, but then took a step back in 2019 because it really wasn't a a true pass rush. And Denico Autry was kind of that guy that a defense offensive lines focused on, and they really shut him down a lot. And then this last year. Danico Autry just was a completely different animal. Nine sacks on the year and, you know, was a very good run defender too. Underrated run defender, in my opinion. So, Danico Autry deserves to be on this list. He really amped it up this year and did a phenomenal job. Number 18, George Odom. George Odom, mainly a special teams guy this year, but led the NFL in special teams tackles was first team all pro when it came to the special teams tackling and all of that. So, you know, he really deserved to be in that conversation. You know, he's one of the best special teams players of the whole year. Really deserving, you know, a guy that just doesn't complain about his role, what his role is. He just does it. And I love that about George Odom and I love that he's staying here. Number 17, Mark Lewinsky. I love Mark Lewinsky. You know, I make the joke about how, you know, Cody's given him a lot of crap over the years. I mean, I I love Mark Lewinsky. And I think, you know, Cody was on a different path at that point. But I know that he has definitely uh, really liked the improvement of Mark Lewinsky. And I think all of Colts Nation should really, really like what Mark Lewinsky has done this last year. I mean, he has really anchored down on that right side. This last season wasn't the best offensive lineman on the team by far, but you know, he was considered the weakest link when it came to, you know, the whole offensive line and we always thought he was pretty he was above average. You know, he thought he was above average, but I could definitely say this year he was good, on the verge of being really good, right? I mean, he was that good this last year and how he improved. I mean, this guy is just phenomenal. At number 16, we have our boy Zach Pascal. Love Zach Pascal, what he was able to do again, another George Odom kind of guy, where you know, just the personality of you know, he does whatever is required of him. He doesn't really complain about what his usage is. You know, he just goes out there, and if he's the main guy, so be it. If he isn't the main guy, then so be it. It doesn't really matter to him, and he really proves What he's able to do, you know, he tied for the most touchdowns on the season uh, in receiving. So this guy, just a great role player in that receiving core. And I absolutely love Zach Paschal. Number 15, Ryan Kelly, our center. Don't get me wrong. I I thought Ryan Kelly did really well at the end of the season. You know, he looked like his true normal self after the midway point. So I give him credit for that. It's why he's on this list. But... You know, at the beginning of the year, I had high expectations for Kelly and there were just multiple, multiple times where I just saw him getting beat, just not looking like the real Ryan Kelly that I knew. And maybe it's just my bias of being a center and, you know, just really wanting to see that center work be really a a lot better. You know, there was just multiple times at the beginning of the season where man, Ryan Kelly just did not look like himself. But again, like I said, Really put it on at the end of the season. Did a phenomenal job. Loved what I saw from Ryan Kelly at the end of the year. Made me think that, you know, he wasn't going to drop off for some reason. You know, he he just may have just, you know, like the whole offensive line had an issue at the beginning of the year, but then, you know, really started to show his true form. At 14, we have Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart, after signing that big extension throughout the season, I mean, my Lord, this guy was just on a mission, man. I'll tell you what, it was just absolutely phenomenal what he was able to do, man. It, it was insane. It, it was truly insane. I loved what I saw from him this year, he became one of the better run defenders in the entire NFL. I mean, it's really insane what he was able to do. I mean, there were a lot of people that were saying, oh, this guy is just, you know, He's he's not really worth it because a lot of people tried to discredit him based off of the fact you had people saying that the sack numbers didn't add up. Right, the sack numbers didn't add up. But I mean, again, I I, I just think that's just absolutely insane. I don't think that we should be doing that. So I think that that makes total sense that you would put him at that spot. And number thirteen, we have Michael Pittman Jr. I think that. When it comes to the receivers that we saw this year, I think that it makes total sense that Michael Pittman deserves to be number 13. I mean, we only saw the beginning of him. We didn't get to see him for part of the year due to his injury and having to relearn the playbook, learning to be confident in himself, right? And then he finally did that, which is great. And then he showed you what kind of playmaker he can be. So I think he ultimately deserves to be right here at this spot. And then at number 12, we have Kahari Willis, our safety. That's Cody's boy. You know, I think that Kari Willis really early in the season, especially, you know, he was, he was a tackling machine. I mean, he was not missing tackles. He had a perfect tackling percentage through six weeks, through the first six weeks. I mean, this guy really did a phenomenal job. Even had a couple turnovers this year had that pick six against the Raiders to finish it off I mean this guy's just been phenomenal and what he's been able to do from his rookie year all the way to his sophomore year he's really done a number on himself and I continue to want to hold that to him as we continue to go on here and at number 11 we had TY Hilton again another guy that at the beginning of the year just kept getting lost in the offense you know a lot some of that was his fault. And I think he'll openly admit that, that he just wasn't playing up to his potential. And then, again, something clicked in that Texans game, the first meeting, and he just looked like the T.Y. Hilton of old from that point on. And I loved seeing what T.Y. Hilton was able to do there. At number 10, we have Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes, one of the best corners in the NFL this year. If you look at it from a coverage percentage I mean, this guy was one of the top, I think you said one of the top 10 best corners when it came to pass completion percentage on their side. I mean, Xavier Rhodes really revitalized his career in Indianapolis this year. You know, again, a lot of reports on whether or not he's going to come back or not, not 100% sure. But again, if the I, I know the Colts want to bring him back, which I definitely know. And, you know, I, I really hope that he does come back because this guy just really did a number this year. And it'd be great to have our number one corner stay for at least another year. And number nine, we have Julian Blackman. What Julian Blackman was able to do from the end of last season of his college year, I'm sorry, to where he tears his ACL. And then eight months later is coming into a football game. And from the get go, shows his impact right there and then throughout the season, having multiple game-changing turnovers or game-winning turnovers forced. I mean, this guy has just been phenomenal, and he's only a rookie, and that's the crazy part is he's going to continue to get even better. So I love what I saw from Julian Blackman. I think he fits what the safety room wants. And I think that I cannot wait to see him progress in coverage and everything else going forward because this guy definitely is everything I was hoping he would be. Number eight, Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines, one of the best uh, out-of-the-backfield running backs this year when it came to pass catching, you know, being able to be utilized as a wide receiver too, and being able to run. Everything about him and the progression of his game has really increased this year. And I love what I saw from him at that point. It's just absolutely insane. Number seven, Kenny Moore. Uh, I mean, Kenny Moore, what more can you say about this guy? Literally, (laughs) we all saw the highlight, right? Of the one-handed interception that might've go down as the best interception on the year for Kenny Moore. But then there's a lot more to it than that. He's a great tackler. And He even had that pick six against the Detroit Lions. I mean, just what this guy has to go up against and being a slot corner, too, and just the size of him and to know what he's able to do is just absolutely insane. I fall in love with Kenny Moore and his playing ability every single year. It's just insane. Number six, Jonathan Taylor. We all know about JT, what he did this last season, beginning of the year. Had a lot of issues, you know, had a lot of people, even on this podcast, saying he's Trent Richardson 2.0. This guy needs to be benched. Why did we draft him this early? Well, JT showed you why in the last six weeks of the season. Last six weeks of the season, only running back that was better than Jonathan Taylor was Derrick Henry, and that's good company. I mean, Jonathan Taylor showed you exactly why he was really good. Number five, Phillip Rivers. Now I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. I know it. I know it. A lot of people are going to be like, why do you have Phillip Rivers so high? Well, I mean, the the impact of the team kind of falls into play here a little bit for Phillip because, you know, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, nine less interceptions than what he had the previous year. And, you know, another interception more than what he had the previous. And, You know, 4,100 passing yards. That's a really good, dang good job. And what he was able to do for this team statistically and just adding another element to that offense is why he's so high. Because whether we liked it or not, Phillip Rivers was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL last season. The numbers are not staggering, but they are very efficient and they were very good. So, That's why I have Phillip Rivers here at number five. And then at number four, we have Quentin Nelson. Again, big Q, real big dog, right? Real big dog. And he was the second best lineman, I'm sorry, in passing and run blocking efficiency this year. So this guy is just a phenomenal athlete. I cannot continue to tell you how much value this guy has to what the Colts' offensive line and what their offense does. He's one of the hearts of this team, and it's just amazing to see him go to work. Number three, DeForest Buckner. I mean, DeForest Buckner, what more can you say about this guy, right? I mean, just what he was able to do this last season, you know, leading the NFL in pass pressures and, you know, led the team in sacks, nine and a half sacks. And one of the better run defenders in the league, too. This guy revitalized this defense. It took an already good defense and just elevated it to one of the premier leagues, right? That's what this guy was able to do on defense. At number two, we have Braden Smith. Now, I know a lot of you are like, Derek, why Braden Smith at number two? Why wouldn't you have Quentin Nelson there? Why would you have somebody else? Why not DeForest Buckner? Well, I can tell you why. Because Braden Smith was the only tackle in the NFL this past season to not allow a sack. And in fifteen, in 16 games, he did that. 16 games and did not allow a sack. Braden Smith has elevated his argument of being one of the top five Potentially one of the top 10 tackles in the league, not just in the AFC. No, like top 10 tackles altogether. I mean, he just showed you exactly what he did. I know he didn't get all pro or pro Bowl or anything like that. That's just because he's not a big name. Nobody talks about him. Everybody talks about Big Q and no disrespect to Big Q. Big Q is the best offensive lineman on that team. Do not get me wrong. But Braden Smith is very close to being one of the best tackles in the game currently. And he showed you that from this last season. And number one, Mr. Bring the Juice himself and the maniac, Darius Leonard. Now, I know a lot of people will think, oh, Derek's just, you know, li- uh, just biasing off of Darius Leonard. No, Darius Leonard, even after missing three games, still was 10th in the NFL in tackles 10th in the NFL in tackles and missed three games think of where he would end up if he had played in those three games he, he averaged nine tackles a game I mean good lord this guy is just insane I mean I, I love Darius Leonard and even in a down year what people said was a down year for Darius Leonard was still one of the most complete defensive players in all of the NFL And, you know, at the end of the year, was forcing turnovers. He was making big tackles. He was making big plays. And this guy, again, is one of the best defensive players, not just linebackers, one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL. He's right up there with some of the best in the business, and he'll continue to do so. All right, so that's my top 20 players from the 2020 season. Let me know what y'all think. Let me know what you guys think. I'm sure I'll get crucified by a couple people, but I don't really care. That was just my opinion on the top 20 players from the 2020 season for the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. And as always, go Colts.